Hello and welcome to the faculty interview, covering the latest breakthroughs, research, news and insight delivered by the world's leading academic and industry figures. In this interview, Barbara Pamphilon examines the lessons learned from a project that facilitated village-level community education workshops. These workshops sought to bring male and female heads of families together in a culturally appropriate way in order to encourage more gender-equitable planning and farming practices. Um, Papua New Guinea is a small country just to the north of Australia that um, is a country that has very challenging physical conditions in that it's very mountainous and many of the uh, people are separated by um, high mountains and valleys, etc. Therefore, uh, most of the food production for the whole country is done at a local level. And therefore, smallholder farmers, or what other people sometimes call um, peasant farmers in some countries, are really the people who provide nearly 85% of the food for that country. And because of the geography, these farmers have very few opportunities to develop their agriculture into more commercial markets. And so most of the country uh, imports uses some imported food but depends on the local subsistence farmer production. We began our project because the Papua New Guinea uh, farming development had been limited by those factors as well. In Papua New Guinea there have been attempts to bring in plantation farming, to bring in cash crops and to increase the income of farmers. And most of this training has been done through what is commonly known as technology transfer. In other words, people have gone into the country, had a look at what cash crops or vegetable crops could gain income for the farmers and then come back with a package of training to support those farmers. However, most importantly, although this has been done for over a hundred years, a lot of this training hasn't been taken up. And that's something that was one of the instigators of our work. Particularly, we were aware that report after report showed that particularly women farmers had not received the training, were not attending the training, and therefore there was a limited impact of this technological transfer. More recently, there have been attempts to develop farmer field schools and more collective training, but once again, this sort of training appears to have been relevant and accessible to men, but less impact and engagement of women. One analysis of why that happens is that it is culturally an issue for women to attend certain types of training or it's not safe for women to travel the distances into the towns for central training or their family responsibilities may also impede them attending large 
city courses, even if it is only an hour away from their home. So we were very interested in looking at how can training uh, be redeveloped or reshaped to engage women. And so our project started off with a lot of community meetings, community assessments where we listened carefully to people in the various regions that we could access to work out how best to engage women. And we very quickly learnt that if we separated out women into women-only training, we could inadvertently create a further disadvantage for the women. In fact, there were two main factors. Firstly, there was a lot of research and local evidence to show that if you do take training right out to the village for women, they will be very interested and may take up the training, but they will do all the work and you're actually adding to the burden of women's lives. And secondly, we became aware that women's low education levels meant that they did not always feel comfortable in more formal training. So it was from these two points that we looked at how could we develop more gender-inclusive ways of training. And most importantly, how could we or should we approach the farming families in ways that would lead to sustainable learning. So what we were, uh, we were informed primarily by Freerian thinking of the idea that these people, wherever the farmers, wherever they are, are not empty vessels. They, um, a banking education approach would not be an appropriate approach. But rather, we thought to use the Friarian insights to move towards much more of helping people um, and providing opportunities for them to interrogate their own world and come to their own conclusions about how they might develop their farm. So from this point, we realized that we weren't working with women or with men. We were working with whole families. And that was the point that the project moved into what we now call the family farm teams approach. This approach is a, a way of engaging people by starting from their lived experience, starting from their lives, and creating a number of learning activities that help them look at their own lives rather than us coming in explaining what we think might be the issue. So this, this form of place-based learning, our project developed a series of experiential learning activities that would help people look at their way their families were making decisions, how their family was organizing their agriculture, who had what roles and how could they be improved, what were they growing, all of these things that would help farm production, but that we always started from experiential learning activities 
that they could then use back with their own family and their own neighbours or their extended family in order for them to think about what would be the best next steps for their family, what would be the things that they see they would like to improve or change rather than us coming in with a manual of solutions. So from that initial start, we've developed a series of four um, modules that we work with farming families. We always ask for one male and one female from each family to attend. The important thing there is it's not necessarily a couple, not necessarily a husband and wife, but a male and a female leader from the family. Because it may be, for example, a widow and her son, or a grandfather and his um, adult children. Every we're not looking at nuclear families, we're looking at families as a much wider unit. The important thing, though, is that a male and a female from each family attend so that what we're doing through the learning activities is enabling the family's members to see at the same time and discuss together the issues in their families and decide for themselves what may be more equitable, may be more efficient, and maybe more sustainable for their future agricultural work. The second point we realized is that we really needed to make sure that we used local learning networks that were already there rather than going into a community and telling people who we want to come to the training. Again, we were looking at local knowledge and local ways of doing as being the sustainable ones. So we trained a number of people as what we've called village community educators. The idea there being that they know, local people know how they should work with other people, what are the cultural ways, what are the appropriate times and places to share their learning with others and that they will be in the community for the long term. And so together, the community, the village community educators, become a resource for the community, but also as they learn together and change their farming practices, change their family practices, other people see what's being done and see a local family that they can relate to and we've found that's been one of the most important, what we call ripple effect of the training, that the local village community educators or VCEs are there all the time in the community. And most importantly, they are adapting and taking up what is the most relevant from the learning activities for their community and their families. So it's very much a place-based pedagogy. Yes, I think one of the most important conclusions for us, firstly, um, in our work is, as I have mentioned, it is so important to have a male and a female present 
from each family for the training because the gender equity, both men and women need to change and both men and women need to have the opportunity to have a dialogue together and make their own decisions about how and where they will develop their farming. And so this was a very, this is a really important conclusion and we believe that even if you start with only 10 families in a community, our research has shown that as those families change and become more peaceful and more effective, people notice and people want to be involved. So we feel that is really important um, as, a, as a building block. The second conclusion is that although we've done a lot of research alongside this participatory action research approach, we know that our data and what we think might need to change is never going to be as valid as what the local farmers see is the important thing to change for them. And so although we have manuals and we have resources and materials, we provide these to communities as only a trigger for the communities to come together and to focus on what are the issues they see and they want to prioritise. And therefore, that is the place that that community wants to start from. That is the place that that community sees is the first and most important step. And so some of the things that we may have provided as resources may never be used. So be it. And other things that we might have seen as quite small may be the ones that are most meaningful to that community. So as someone who's trying to support and facilitate adult learning in low income and low literacy communities, I think one of the biggest lessons is to trust the community that they know where to start. And where they want to start is where the energy and the development will come from. Of course, we need to continue to offer resources, ideas and opportunities to discuss and further develop their farming activities. But again, we are trying to turn it around that it's actually generated from within the community and from their priorities. And learning from both worlds is where we can be a resource. We can be, bring in other knowledge, but we must also, and this is the Friarian side of the work, is we must help people find and name the knowledges they already have. And many people, when we first started to work with people, kept saying, what should we do? tell us what's the right way. But it, that's that, that um, effect of banking education where people are naming themselves as empty vessels. And we always have turned that around to say, we can't tell you, but let's do some 
a workshops together where we'll look at all of the opportunities and knowledges that your families can use and you'll be able to make the decision as to where to from here.